My name is Will Fitzgerald, and this is the Goa Film Podcast. I'm joined today by director Mike McCormack, uh, whose new film, uh, Breaking Out, his first film, Breaking Out, is premiering at this year's Goa Film Fla. Mike, thanks for being here. Thank you very so much. So I've just been assuming, actually, just keep calling you Mike, but it's like Michael. And, and I don't mind like, Mick, Michael, Mickey, it all works. Yeah, sorry. I just get <laughs> instantly casual with people here at the Fla. Um Cool. So listen, tell us about yourself, because... This brilliant documentary uh, came across our desk, sub- submitted to us. Thank you for, for submitting it to us. And uh, I'd never heard of this guy. Where, where, where'd you come from? So, so when I was a, a teenager, I was music mad. And uh, years and years ago, I'm giving away my age now, but I um, there was a yoke called People in Need, which was a charity festival that came on the back of Live Aid where... They decided they were going to put on gigs to get people to go back to work. I don't know what it was, but I was a young, I was about 14 at the time. So I started working backline at these gigs and loads of bands were playing. And it was the usual standard, which uh, wouldn't have been, you know, it was the, the type of music that was around Dublin at the time. And then this band came on the stage and this guy opened his mouth and they all sounded and looked like something I hadn't seen before. And a 14-year-old kind of went, His bar, my bar was raised that day. And I was this, the sort of person who would turn up at their gigs at 14, 15, buy a pint, sit at the front on my own and just be immersed in this sound, which had no description because they didn't, they couldn't be, and it was their own, their biggest failing for them because they couldn't be categorized. So um, you never knew what to expect. But the central person in all this was this guy, Fergus O'Farrell, who when I first saw him, he was standing at the mic. And then I I would see that he'd go off stage and sit into a wheelchair. And then the poor guy couldn't get away from me because I'd be over beside him trying to, you know, find out everything about the songs. And um, years later, when they got back together through other voices, I was at a gig and I was making documentaries at the time and one of the members of the band came over to me and said, why don't you make a documentary on your man? And I kind of went, well, music documentaries, a niche music documentary on a band that, a cult band that we love. Uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to fly. But I went down to school where Fergus was based and I uh, met him and I put a camera on and he talked for the whole weekend and at the end of the weekend, I was so buzzed that kind of that I'd just seen the best thing I'd ever put on camera. Mm. His personality just jumped, and in a very short space of time, I kind of knew what the story was, and it was the story of this guy who was slowly dying from this horrible disease, muscular dystrophy, who'd been told at the age of eight that he'd be dead by twenty, but. Uh, I think through sheer, you know, love of life, uh, he was able to go beyond that. And you just did not see the disease in this person. He was, he was larger than life. He was a, so talented as well, but it, it was the personality that attracted you more than anything else. And I already loved the music. So I um, started the journey then. I just, he went on a tour of the Czech Republic the following year when I first met him 
and I went off to film with him off the bat and I came back and I knew that I was onto something good so I started looking at raising finance and went to the film board and it was a difficult thing to sell because as you said this is this was somebody that nobody knew it's a it's not it's not an easy pitch mm. because interference were loved by the musicians in Dublin when you went to their gigs in the late 80s early 90s Glenn Hansard would be over on one side, the Mary Janes would be over on the other side, Keela, Hothouse Flowers. They kind of spanned a few different generations and we were all kind of, it was like going to church. You'd just <laughs> be there looking up at the stage going, these are the guys that everyone wants to be. I mean, Liam O'Mainly has often said to me, you know, that he was jealous of them. When Hothouse Flowers were taking off and getting successful, he would still be jealous of interference because he, he thought what they had, what they were putting together was in Liam's language very beautiful yeah. you know that they just did not compromise and but they weren't going to get a record deal because uh, of Fergus's condition and uh, the awful thing when I'm when I was over the period I was filming with him when success did come his way through once because not a lot of people know uh, that he was the other song in once mm. And when uh, a film like Once becomes a musical, that's when, you know, money can actually be made. And he started to make a living through his music for the first time then. But at that stage, the muscular dystrophy had had uh, crept up and he couldn't he couldn't really enjoy it to the max. So. Um, so I I mean, it's I don't want to get stuck in in making it sound like a sad tale because you've seen it it's not a sad no, it's tale it's the opposite yeah it's, it's a very uplifting yeah. film because he because he just saw the best in life and he seemed to get the best out of people i mean the people that he he influenced like glenn never forgot so at the stages that glenn's career started taking off he kept going back to the well and making sure to bring ferg into the mix as much as he could and get his music out there and uh, it was just unfortunate that the disease had got to the stage where he couldn't travel and he couldn't really, uh, you know, benefit from that. But uh, yeah. I think what it sh what the film shows more than anything else is it, it's it's kind of a, a treatise as well. And what exactly is success? You know, people mm. look at success and they say, you know, how many records did he sell? You know, how many people did he reach? But his su success was another level. Yeah, about the way that he lived his life and the, and the way that he influenced and touched people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with all the, uh, that, you know, love from all of those people, um, it was obviously, I mean, it obviously helped to get all of these amazing contributors yes. for the film. Um, or were you filming um, all of these contributions all along while you were filming Fergus? Or how did the, the production go? So I, when I was filming with Fergus, I had a fairly good idea from, um, I'd say about four years in, uh, the story that I was trying to tell. I knew the way it was. My, my intention was to finish, finish the film while he was still alive. Mm. It, because, and I, I still believe that it would, would have been a very similar film. It wasn't, well, it, you know, I suppose filmmakers who go in and, and try to sell films, you will often uh, hear from the other side of the table. And I did at one stage where people said, 
during the course of this production, is he going to die? Because that would be a great end. And I was going, well, no, oh, I'm not, I'm not, that's not the proposal here yeah. because this is a, an uplifting film. But I began to realize as I was filming that, uh, that for, it, it sounds cliched, but that this was kind of Fergus's big performance mm. and he was never going to let me finish until he was gone and that's probably why that's probably why the recording with the frames where he was trying to um trying to finish an album he'd been working on for a long time uh happened so close to his death because he was doing it for his ultimate performance and for the film so yeah and in fact i mean it's been a few years now since fergus passed it is it's uh february 2016 um so why is the film coming out now out of curiosity well, um, so when, so I was filming with him up until uh, two weeks before I died, and uh, it became even more important for me to uh, tell the story after that. And unfortunately, uh, not and not surprisingly, and I suppose this is a story that, you know, sounds a bit mad, but um, uh, I think I think I can tell it anyway. So I was asked would I speak at his funeral and by his family and i said to his father yeah I'll, I'll speak at the funeral if i can pitch from the pulpit and so i went up on uh, i told the story of the film and uh i did it for a reason i wanted to uh it became it became more than a passion it became a bit of an obsession for a while but you know when when you work with somebody that long on a, on something like this you not only want to tell the story, finish the story, but you want to tell it the way that you'd always, because I, I, Fergus was involved all the way, the things that I, the, the treatment in this film, I would have discussed with him. He, he always knew my intention, mm. the way I was going to tell the stories through the animation or the reconstructions. And for me, um, it was important to uh, raise the finance to do it properly. Mm. So that's why it took, I suppose I never saw, um, a need to rush things it yeah. had to be right and it's an it's an amazing thing to be sitting here with you today and to be uh, at Galway uh, where I wanted to, to bring the film and to be happy with that film like yeah. that it's the film that I I always wanted to make so how bad that's great yeah no it's all on there on the the screen I'm sure there was probably some pressure along the way to like after Fergus died to be like, okay yeah. we need to get this out there now yeah um, there was but but um I couldn't let that, uh, I couldn't let that get in the way of it being yeah. right. No, that so. was a brave choice. Who did those, uh, the, the animation? Uh, um, so I, I approached a few different animation companies and Giant um, sourced the animator for me, um, a young guy called Sean, and my brain is dead now, excuse <laughs> me, but Sean's a great guy. He had just won an award at the Dingle um, uh, uh, Film Festival and uh I sat down with them and I explained that I wanted to uh, recreate a kind of a naive 2D animation and he got it straight away and he came back to me with uh, ver some very simple drawings of Lee and Ferg and I just went absolutely 100% that you've got it. Um, and it was uh, hugely important for me in the film because the love story in the film is the heart of it yeah. and it just brings it to life. Yeah, they're so great together. Yeah. Um, she's such a character, it's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, 
you had, had mentioned it at, at the beginning, you know, someone had said to you, uh, you've been working in documentaries and you should make a documentary. How, um, what were you working on and how did you get into the whole documentary making? So I, I like so many people, I, I was freelance for many years. I would have worked with MD and other production companies making documentaries for RT and, and TG Cahar. And then I went into RT and I worked uh, in many different capacities. I worked as a researcher, reporter, um, uh, and worked my way through being an assistant producer, and then eventually uh, I started producing and directing documentaries for RTE. And so I would have spent many years doing that. And it kind of... Uh, it, when somebody asked me what I do, because when it comes to breaking out, because you end up producing and directing. Mm. And can I just say this very clearly? It is never a good idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nightmare. You always want to be, uh, being able, to be able to focus on one or the other, but on this occasion, it wasn't possible. I wasn't able to bring Aideen O'Sullivan on board until a principal of photography um, because of finance. But what, I, what, what I've learned over the years through the work that uh, I've done on, on many different documentaries in RT is how to tell a story mm. and you know so so now when people ask me I say I'm a storyteller you know once you, you know you try to find out what you're good at um, so it's good to know what it is <laughs> yeah yeah so you think that like the high kind of turnaround of uh, broadcast television gave you a yeah good because you ground? have to know you have to know how to tell a story in many different uh, formats. You have to tell it in a short format or a longer format, and you have to get your story across there in an entertaining way. And with television, it's all about bums on seats. The figures come back very quickly. So if you're not getting it right, and I think I, that that's the thing I always loved about it, I. I've never wanted to make a film that nobody sees. Mm. Like so, when 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 I approach any any uh, program or film that I'm making, I, I want as many people to see it as possible. So it's all about getting the story right before y you ever go out there. And a very a very smart friend of mine who uh, filmed with me uh, during stages of breaking out, Nick O'Neill. He always said to me, you know, go out there with 75%, always let the gold in, which was very appropriate to Fergus, but, you know, always be prepared to let, you know, don't let your vision get in the way of what could possibly happen on a shoot. So, for example, you know, we just, and when we went to Radio City Music Hall and filmed with Ferg in Radio City Music Hall, I, I scheduled certain things and then I left, you know, I left big spaces because I suppose I began to learn that what I was doing was hugely unusual because you can you hear about documentaries that are immersive and that they're about a, a period long period of time but that's not always possible mm. when people are making those sort of documentaries they're doing it in week week here week there but this was extremely immersive because because he he became you know a very important person in my life and I you know, spend as much time with him as possible anyway, because I enjoyed it. Yeah. Great. Um, some of your favorite documentaries, uh, is there anything well, you kind of touch on when you were making? Well, the, the, um, the devil and Daniel Johnson, I don't know whether you've seen that. It's, I haven't. It's, uh, you haven't? No. Okay. So, uh, Daniel Johnson was, a a, a strange, uh, and wonderful musician from America who, um, who became semi-famous because Nirvana started singing his songs live. 
uh, but the the he he suffered from uh, he suffered from demons. So his whole life was beset by you know a lot of mental issues. But he, he this, these wonderful songs came out of it, and the filmmakers just came up with the most beautiful treatment in telling that story. I think it was uh, released in two thousand and two, and won the Audience Award in Sundance. And uh, uh, like so many great films, is not even available now on DVD. I don't think, but it's a beautiful right. film. Um, and obviously, Searching for Sugarman for me. You know, when 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 I would be trying to explain to people what Breaking Out was about, I was trying to explain that this wasn't a music documentary, mm-hmm. and neither is De- the Devil and Daniel Johnson. Neither is Searching for Sugarman. They're they're story. They're just wonderful stories. Yeah, and you do, you know, so it's you're. I suppose a little bit like Ferguson his music. You don't want to be pigeonholed too much when mm-hmm. you're making a film like this because people hear music and they they want to put it in that category, but. This is a lot more than that. So, and those films, uh, if, I, if you know, go search out The Devil and Daniel Johnson. It's a wonderful yeah, piece yeah, of work. Well, yeah, that's going to be on my list of things to do uh, post for uh, <laughs> next week. Um, listen, so you've got uh, first feature uh, on your belt now. Yeah. Um, future projects, looking to keep going with more features. You've got more television. The, the more, the most important thing for me at the moment is. Um, as we all know, when you go on a journey like this over, you know, trying to get this made for 15 years, when you get to the end of it, you can almost get to the point of collapse. And that can't happen because mm-hmm. the journey for me is only beginning. This this film was made to be seen. So that's my priority at the moment to get this film um, to get the biggest audience possible. I think it's a story that um, touches people. And I think that uh, it could travel and it would be an amazing thing for me um to get Fergus's story out there um not just for the film but for his music because so many people are coming up to me going how did I not know this guy how did I not know his music but sure we all know millions of of artists that we you know treasure and we almost hold on to them because we're going nobody knows about this person and uh, you know Fergus was one of them but uh, it would be uh, one of the dreams for me to be to get that music to the world through this film. Great. Well, I think it's going to travel far and wide as well. Um, again, congrats. I absolutely loved it. The audience here in Galway is going to love it. And um, yeah, I can't wait for people to see it. Thanks for talking to us today. Thank you very much. Thank you.